Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories, the podcast for the monthly LGBTQIA storytelling night I run at Giant Dwarf in Redfern, with support from the City of Sydney. This week, comedian and storyteller Annalise Constable. Okay, so uh, a little while ago, my partner Emily and I were at a fancy restaurant, six months late to celebrate some kind of anniversary. It was either the anniversary of a time we agreed, rare, right honey? Mm. Or it was the anniversary of our first prank, which was when I texted Emily from an unknown number and just wrote, you're going to be stabbed. So, so I'm sitting confidently at our anniversary dinner when Emily leans across the candlelit table, takes my hand and says, you're probably going to take this the wrong way, but if you were played by a man in a movie, you would definitely be a pedophile. <laughs> and I was like, um, why? And Emily impatiently says, because you look like a pedophile. As though I should already know that. As though this is intrinsically known by everyone. As though if you showed a photo of me to the butcher's four-year-old child, the child would immediately salivate in anticipation of forthcoming lollies. Emily went on to say, well, well, maybe it's your mannerisms. You're very odd. So, just a question. How is the right way to, you know, think about whether or not you resemble a pedophile? There's no right way. So, Emily has a real knack for inflicting unexpected injuries. So much so that, not unlike an abuse victim... I've started to keep a diary of Emily-inflicted traumas. Because, because most people might turn in their sleep. And uh, what Emily does can only be described as breaching. So Em's carcass will suddenly surge from the sheets, her hair flying back off her face as her body bucks one metre above the bed. She, cur- she curves her torso downward and with the force of gravity, one sharp shoulder will slam into my chest, chiseling away a shard of my sternum. <laughs> one fateful night, I asked Emily to put moisturiser on my sunburn. Emily picks up the tube of moisturiser and... Fucking somehow, somehow manages to drag the jagged tube edge (laughs) along my burnt flesh, slicing a long, thin red line of blood. And she fucking cut me. The cunt cut me! (laughs) She cut me on a burn. She cut me on a sunburn. 
and I didn't kill her. And that is why, Your Honour, that is why I have nominated myself for the Nobel Peace Prize. At a minimum, Australian of the Year. One night, I was having a horrible nightmare as Emily slept peacefully beside me. And in the nightmare, I was driving my car and I could feel like I just knew that there was a, like a bad man in the back seat. And you know, you know the bad man. Everybody knows the bad man, right? He's, he's faceless and he visits you in your sleep. So the fucking bad man, the fucking bad man is in my fucking car right now. And I can't see him, but I know he's there. And so I was just driving and checking my rearview mirror, but he's not there. Driving, checking the mirror, not there. Mirror, not there. Mirror, not there. Mirror, fucking there. He's fucking there. But I was ready. <laughs> I was ready. I curled my fingers into hooks and holding them tight, I reached out to rip the asshole's face off. In my dream, I dug my fingers into his skin tore his face off and threw it out the window, leaving his raw, bleeding skull motionless and weeping in the back seat. In reality... In reality, I reached across the bed, hooked my fingers into Emily's flesh and tried to rip her face off. So I guess we're even. <laughs> em, Emily, Emily's really got away with words. So aside from telling me I resemble a pedophile, a few other things Emily has said to me stick out. The first one was when we were at a party and Emily publicly scolded me and told me to stop ruining things with my personality. <laughs> one time... One time we were in polite company, including my nana, and Emily referred to my asshole as the Janolan Caves. Why, why, why? Why were we talking about my asshole? Why? <laughs> Another day we were heading out and Emily gets a bit socially anxious and especially when she comes out into the world with me because, you know, I'd say that I'm an impassioned customer with a strong sense of social justice. <laughs> Emily, Emily would just describe me as being really fucking rude or as being like a bull dyke at a gate. <laughs> so we're heading out and Emily pleads with me, Anna, when we go to the shops today, can you please, can you please promise not to cause a scene? And I was like... <laughs> don't, try, <laughs> don't try to control me. Let's, let's just say I won't cause a scene in the morning, you know. I could never commit to a whole day. And Emily responded by saying, Annalise, being with you is like babysitting a dickhead. <laughs> the most recent verbal assault was when Emily told me she couldn't get to sleep because my heartbeat was too loud. <laughs> that fucking cunt couldn't get to sleep because my heartbeat was too loud. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Emily. Is my being alive bothering you? 
was just a flat line, Emily. You know, just beep, 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 beep. Surprisingly, Emily and I have the occasional argument. <laughs> Nothing that requires the police, but you know, arguments that could only be improved by an audience. And when we, were in, when we were in New York, we mistakenly bought enough hash brownies to last 10 people three months, with at least one of those months being in another dimension. And you know what that means. <laughs> Lol, 420, blaze it, motherfuckers. <laughs> so we had three nights left in New York, and we were fully committed to not wasting our green investment. And the problem with hash brownies is that as soon as you get stoned, you want to eat. And usually, the closest thing to eat are the hash brownies. <laughs> so you're happy snacking on the hash and you forget very easily how much you've consumed. And, you know, I, I actually reckon that hash brownies and counselling should be the go-to treatment for any anorexic person. <laughs> Don't judge me, it worked for me. So, we were fucked off our faces in a bed in our hotel room watching comedies. And then first, she, Emily took the brownies away. She took them away from me and she told me I wasn't allowed anymore. Monster. First they came for the hash brownies. And I did not speak out. Have we learned nothing from history? I moved on to the Cheetos. I was lying on my back scoffing Cheetos and giggling at the TV happily when Emily came for the Cheetos. <laughs> she took them away. She told me I wasn't allowed anymore. She said she took the Cheetos away because I was going to choke. <laughs> I felt a sense of injustice that can only be understood by a woman who has had her child removed. I held back tears as I ferociously began debating how fucking ridiculous this choking theory was, as there has been no sign of me even possibly choking ever in my entire life. And as I was ranting, I drew back a sharp breath, only to have a sole Cheeto shard knife my throat and I began to choke and cough uncontrollably. And in a matter of seconds, I realized the irony, which began a spiral of laughing and coughing and choking and laughing and coughing and choking and laughing and coughing and choking until I was laughing so hard that I vomited. And I still maintain that I never would have started choking if I hadn't suffered the injustice of such an accusation. It was a self-fulfilling prophecy. I had no choice but to choke. Emily tried to fucking kill me. She tried to kill me with irony. Which is actually the gayest way to commit murder. <laughs> okay, 
I do, I do have a soft spot for Emily. When it was, when, when it was born, when I was born, when I was born, it was my fontanelle. But as an adult, my soft spot for Emily is my labia. Who else but Emily would come along on my McDonald's Monopoly obsession to the point of witnessing me going through a Macca's parking lot bin, getting in a fight with an Ibis, and then losing the fight to the Ibis. So, <laughs> Emily knows that I love her. She knows that every time I put a tampon in, I think about her. I know that she'll breach tonight, but I'm still going to go to bed with her. I know that I could rip her face off while she's sleeping, but I don't. And that, that is love. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For tickets to the next Queer Stories, visit giantdwarf.com.au. To check out other events I produce and perform in, visit mavemarsden.com. And if you'd like advance or discount tickets to these shows, look me up on crowdfunding platform Patreon.